It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, here we go, Matt. Uh, exciting week number 10 is in the books. All of a sudden, we've got a rookie quarterback who is basically locked up. Uh, rookie offensive rookie of the year for sure 100% for sure um, and now he's like a low level MVP candidate in CJ Stroud I, I just I mean again I'm with everybody else man just so impressed with what this kid is doing yeah the last two weeks have been absolutely electric for CJ Stroud um, he's kind of breaking all of the young quarterback role uh, rules too you mm-hmm. know where um, a lot of times it's like all right let's be patient like let's put in in like a cookie cutter <laughs> offense yeah. you know where um, you, you look, let's keep it to one side of the field. You got damn, uh, Chris Collinsworth talking about Zach Wilson last night where it's like, he's in his third year or third year, fourth, fourth year, third year, third year for, for Zach Wilson. And it's like, yeah, he's still Chris Collins. Like, yeah, he's too young to be reading the full field or whatever. It's like, uh, <laughs> third season. Like we, it's like, I, yeah, how much longer to, do we need to wait, dude? How, how much, much longer, longer do we, do we how much longer do we need to wait? Know. Like, I mean, you should probably be able to read the whole field now at this point, you yeah, know, CJ right, Stroud exactly. out there, he's pushing the ball down the field. Yo. He's got a ton of like vertical juice, uh, in yeah. this Houston, Texas offense. And it's just, God, it's so, dep- I mean, it's just so depressing for, um, for the Panthers that he was the second <laughs> overall pick and they traded the first overall pick. And it's just like, this guy's probably having the best rookie season we've ever seen potentially because yeah, um, of right how he is doing it. Like I said, they don't even put him in like advantageous situations necessarily. I think Bobby Slowick's done a really good job as the offensive coordinator for this team. Okay. Um, I think he's really schemed this up well, but they run the ball on first down a ton, um, which is like what you normally want to do if you're, if you're, if you're going to hide your quarterback, right, you do yeah. the whole like run, run pass thing. And then that actually ends up screwing them because then on third down, they're in long down and distance, yeah. but, uh, see Tennessee. Okay. Like, yeah. golly, stop trying to establish a damn run already. Tennessee. Yes. Good Lord. Yeah. Trying to, trying to hide your quarterback. I, the, the biggest example actually of any team this year was the Rams when they had to start Brett Rippon. Right. He literally did not throw a pass on first down for an entire half. For an entire half, James, <laughs> football. That's when you again. Usually, you want to do that when you want to hide your bad quarterback. Right. They're they're not doing that. With, I mean, they're doing that with CJ Stroud, but he is just shooting them out of third downs every time because they have this intense faith in him, and they haven't had a good run game at all this year, except no. last week against the Bengals. Their run game's actually been kind of terrible. So, Horrible. the way he is doing it is unlike we normally see with these young quarterbacks when. I mean, even Cam Newton, right? Like Cam Newton had a great rookie season. He broke all these like passing records and stuff from yeah. the yards perspective, but he turned the ball over. They didn't necessarily win a ton of games. Like, dude, the Texans might win the AFC South this I know. year. I like, know. He is, if the playoffs started today, 
they'd be in, and we're taping this on Monday, so the Bills haven't yeah. played yet. But if if they if they if the playoffs started today, the Texans would be in the playoffs. The Bills would not be. The Bengals would That's not crazy. be. Like That's I crazy. was watching the pregame shows because uh, you know me, James. I'm a man that likes to work out. I was in my I was in my home gym. <laughs> Okay. During the dur- trying to do something productive during the Patriots and Colts game because God knows oh, there you go. productive going on with that football God, game. Jesus, yeah, so, horrible. Game ends and like then it flips to the you know the pregame shows and all that stuff, and, mm-hmm. and they're talking about you know listen, the Texans have been impressive, but they're going to walk into Cincinnati and they're going to see like the Bengals are going to see themselves four years ago in the Texans, right? Ohio State quarterback bringing bringing juice back to the franchise, right? But yeah, yeah. Bengals of this year are going to remind the Bengals of four years ago, like, you know, who the kings of the town. And they beat the freaking Bengals. They <laughs> like, did. They did. That is so impressive. And it, yeah, it just is. It's why we're talking about CJ Stroud is, you know, in a year where there's no clear cut MVP front runner, it's why he deserves to, like, you have to have him in the conversation now. Ha- have to. Yeah, ha- have to. You know, it, watching that Bengals game, too, it, it, there was different points where, and, and remember, the Bengals have been just, I mean, red hot, red hot coming into this game, right? So again, there just felt like, even though the score was was always, cl- and as a matter of fact, that they had to climb back from uh, a pretty big deficit uh, early on, it just felt like, especially there in, late in the third, early in the fourth, uh, it's like, okay, Bengals get in control now. All right, they're going to do what they do. Joe Burrow's going to lead a late charge and they're going to win this game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which, by the way, that's exactly what should have happened. Yes. Okay, Tyler Boyd, with, I mean, just the most brutal drop. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it was awful. That was tough. Uh, tough to see. Um, so, Tyler Boyd, if he catches that one, game's over. It's it's over. Mm-hmm. They, 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 I mean, I, I guess not. I mean, I guess they could have had a couple shots at the end zone or whatever it was. But most likely, more more likely than not, would have been over. Certainly wouldn't have been uh, as easy as just uh, driving down, you know, 55 yards or whatever it was to, to get that field goal. Anyways, um, it just felt like there was different points in that game where you're like, all right, Bengals got control of this game. This baby's over. And as CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans like, no, 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 hold up, hold up. Wait a second. Okay, now that being said, um, there was a lot of excitement for uh, Tank Dell, rightfully so. Uh, led the team in targets, I believe, with 14 targets, right? Um, wasn't efficient with it. We know the Bengals on the outside corners. Uh, Lou Anarumo's got these guys playing pretty well, right? So it was going to be, you know, not not the most efficient of days there for, for, for Tank Dell. All right. Yo, journeyman Noah Brown <laughs> going for a buck 50 in plus in back-to-back games here. Uh, I, I tweeted this out. That was not on my 2023 bingo card here, man. Like what is going on with Noah Brown? How is he doing this in back-to-back games? Let me first give a quick shout out to Tank Dell who, yeah, he didn't have his best performance. He's probably not um, necessarily built to just be on the perimeter and, and be like an ISO outside receiver. And he led the team right. with 87% of his routes coming from the outside. We, we did talk about this a lot as he was, it, whoever was on the outside was probably going to be in the least advantageous spot. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be Tank Dell, even though he got 14 targets and he scored a touchdown. But I do want to give a quick shout out to Tank Dell because he's, you know, like 160 pounds or whatever. And he took a shot. I mean, a shot in this game where like, I was I moved between upstairs and downstairs when I'm watching games and usually like red zones just on downstairs and like my wife's on the couch downstairs when I'm down there like doing something real quick and I'm, like that plays on red zone and we both just saw that and we're like oh oh yeah you know? exactly. and, and then and then have the obligatory <laughs> discussion that any normal human being should have while watching NFL football and something like that happens where you're like 
my wife and I are just like, if that happened to either of us, we'd be dead. I mean, we'd, we'd be dead. Um, right. You know, this absolutely atrocious thing to, to have happen. And, you know, what is 160 pound tank Dell? I'm, you know, Wolverine or whatever. <laughs> pops right, right back on the field. I was like, well, he's definitely out for the game. And he wasn't. So I do want to just give a quick shout out to yeah. tank Dell for Good being call. tough Good as call. shit. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta, ha- has to be said. Oh, as man. for the Noah Brown stuff here, um, you know, to, to go back to the alignment, like you mentioned, he runs more routes outside than he had previously this season. 69.7% of his routes came outside. He still ran 30% of his routes on the inside. Now, critically, he had two big plays uh, as a slot receiver, two catches for 64 yards as a slot receiver. So they still got him some matchup advantages there. Right. Um, Robert Woods ran out of the slot in other points, more routes. Uh, John Mechie, when he was on the field, he's obviously a pure slot receiver. One of the Best, one of CJ Stroud's best throws came on a throw to, to John Mechie down the sideline, um, I think probably on a corner route or something like that. But, you know, so Noah Brown, if you look at his like next gen stats passing chart or route chart mm-hmm. from the last two games, you know, the one against the Bucks, like I'm not trying to take anything away from Noah Brown, but the one like big catch and run play is just a big crossing route from the slot and like, that's, you know, you catch and run and, and you're going to score a touchdown and it's going to boost your day to, to, you know, 153 yards and a touchdown. Okay? Yeah. So I'm not, t- I'm not doing the whole, well, if you take away his best play, he actually had a terrible sure, game. Sure. That's not what I'm saying <laughs> right. here. Yeah. But yeah, like, no, then you, you look at the week seven or week 10 uh, route chart here. And a lot of it looks a lot more like the Nico Collins routes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, these big in breaking routes, these big dig routes, um, a couple like comeback routes and, and stuff like that. So what you really saw was uh, Nico Collins missing this game and Noah Brown just stepping up as that X receiver in this offense is going to run those like big over routes and dig routes and and some of the stop and comeback routes as a pure outside receiver. So he absolutely stepped up in a way that, um, I mean, we've never seen him play in this type of way before, which is pretty impressive for a guy that was kind of like a dirty work player and a special teamer in Dallas. And we really had, and really we'd only seen, like you have said before, when we've seen him have positive glimpses, it's mostly been as a slot receiver. That was not the case. Um, Not the case exclusively. You have 172 yards. You're going to get some yards out of the slot too, (laughs) but not exclusively uh, in, in week 10. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no. Um, and, and again, this is more of like a overarching thing, but in the NFL where slot guys are now just getting making bigger plays because I think the the design of plays too, um, especially against this cover two scheme that everyone's running right now, it, there's just more availability uh, in that intermediate area of the field. And and again, you know, if you're able to catch and run, you're going to make some big plays, which is which is great to see. Uh, to your point about Noah Brown being this, you know, very workman like player. That's basically what we saw from him in Dallas. Uh, I thought he was a, you know, I I throw this word around. He was a professional receiver, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was great anywhere by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And, you know, I guess if you want to say it negatively, you could say, oh, he was a guy. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he was still a a, a player that I thought was a workmanlike player, Uh, could give you a couple plays here and there. I just 
didn't ever see him making plays like what we saw over the last two weeks here, especially that big catch and run in week nine uh, from Noah Brown throughout his entire career. To me, Matt, and again, I I don't want to take any credit away from Noah Brown, but I mean, yo, what CJ Stroud is doing in terms of elevating his players is truly remarkable, you know? And, And again, Maybe it's not the right time to say that, but it's like in terms of like Trevor Lawrence, I thought, for example, is a, is a player that does the exact same thing in Jacksonville. Again, I know not timely considering uh, how poorly the Jacksonville Jaguars played here in week number 10. But when you look at the players there in Houston, like, okay, we like Nico Collins. Matt, I know you like Nico Collins. I, I, I don't think you'd go so far as to say you love Nico Collins, right? Tank Dell is like one of your favorite you know prospects or whatever it might be, but it wasn't like, you weren't in love with the guy, right? So all these guys are, are are good players. And right now what CJ Stroud is doing to these guys is that he's making them one level up. So if they're good, yes. now they're great, right? If they're a workman-like receiver, now they're a good receiver. You know, it's just he's leveling up all of his players right now. And um, and I think to me, it's like when you start talking about the MVP conversation, that to me is is a big part of it. Yeah, because to me, Nico Collins is the best receiver on this team, full stop, period. Like, And certainly the most important receiver on this team because- 100% agree. He, because he's the X and the routes that he runs. Like, There's a reason we talked about Tank Dell you know, being uh, wide ass open on some of these outbreaking routes, like corner routes, out routes, stuff like that. Well, because when you've got a big X pulling- guys to the middle of the field you're going to open that like all route concepts work together and the houston route concepts are working beautifully i mean matt canada could never not in his dreams come up with some of these route concepts that that houston's got right now so nico is i think their best receiver full stop but i also think it's he's definitely their most important receiver and he doesn't play in this game and cj stroud goes out there and outduels joe burrow and wins this game and and what is the like you can do a lot with quarterback evaluation, right? I mean, obviously Derek Klassen does great work for us. You can look at like mm-hmm. EPA per drop back. You can look at success rate and you can look at all these things like arm talent, accuracy and timing and like ability to make guys miss in the pocket. But if you wanted to boil down, like how do you tell a quarterback is a guy? How do you tell a quarterback is a dude? Like is going to, is a franchise altering player. Do they elevate talent around them? You can boil it yeah. all down to just right. that question. Right. And if the answer is yes, then yes, your quarterback is a franchise changing guy, a talent, you know, a, 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 yeah. the savior, the, he's a dude, right? He's, right? he's one of the guys, one of the elite players of the position. Well, we're 10 weeks into CJ Stroud's career. And the answer is already like an affirmative. Yes. That he yeah, is resounding. an elevator. Yeah. Right. Resounding. You know, the, the problem with that though, Matt, is that I think you, you and I, you know, we watch a lot of football and it's like, you know, we also don't like have a lot of, uh, we have our, we have guys that we favor, of course, you know, but it's like, for the most part, we don't have a uh, rose colored glasses on, on most players here. You know, the problem with what you're saying though, is most people can't do that. They're not able to separate stats from just like ability, you know, yeah. and I, that's what you do for a living. That is your calling card, you know, is to separate stats from ability, but golly, um, most people are, are, are shockingly bad. Actually, I want to say shockingly bad at separating stats and, and actually even more than that, they're shockingly bad. They're even worse separating wins and losses from just straight talent eval, you know, like totally, for some yeah. reason it's like, yeah. Oh, Lamar struggling. It's like, Really? Lamar struggling like no he's not struggling they're just not winning games man like what are you talking about here you know like it's it's incredible Um, well football's tough too because not to get on a Lamar tangent but it's like well you know listen I think Lamar is good on like 
90% of the plays, 95% of the plays, like, right. So like, yes, Lamar is a good player because he's good on 95% of the plays. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be those 5% like against the Browns specifically. Like, yeah. Well, those that pick six re- really, really matters. And like, Ugh. that's the reason they, they lose the game. So it's, <laughs> it can be tough because it's a game of inches and it like can flip on us on a you know, moment like sure. that. Right. But overall, yeah, he's like, still a good player, but it is very hard to um, separate those like 5% of plays. Cause that really does matter a ton. And like, I mean, that's like when you get into the nitty gritty of like, would you rather have this guy or that guy? Well, his yeah. 5% is better than his, you know, his 5% or worse or, right. or whatever, like the variance there and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, look, not to bag on the Panthers here. Cause like every CJ Stroud conversation is kind of like bagging on the Panthers. It, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But we talked about this with like Adam Thielen, a few, um, weeks ago where all right like so why do stats lie sometimes as we're saying like is 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 noah brown balling out yeah he had a he had a great game because he's playing with a great quarterback like you know and and that quarterback is certainly elevating him and the system is 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 really good and conducive to those particular plays that he is making and then with right. the adam Thielen thing like that was my whole point like I couldn't care less what stats Adam Thielen is putting up. He's playing well, but like you've got to be able to look at the box score and not just think about that. Because mm-hmm. if you looked at the box score for Adam Thielen, you'd be like, this is one of the best receivers in football. Well, then, yeah, well, then why does the <laughs> offense suck? You know, the, the Jerry Judy stuff we talked about in the offseason uh-huh. all, la- all last year. Like, man, Jerry yeah. Judy, almost a thousand yards. Yeah, on a terrible offense. Like, Right. And if the film doesn't matter, like the film is the film and that's like reception perception is the film like that. That doesn't lie to you. Okay. Like it is, this is what is happening. Like that, that's what it is. So you, you gotta be able to sort of like use that as your North star. And then like, uh-huh. are the stats pulling you back? Or are they pulling you <laughs> up? And and, it, and it, again, it's hard to stay grounded, but that's yeah. why you subscribe to this show. And that's why you, you listen to us because you people out there have lives uh, you you are really invested in your personal relationships, and Good. James and I are really personally invested in football. Okay, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's correct. By the way, by the way, let, let me add a little context to to the whole film. Don't lie. The film don't lie to you, Matt Harmon. The film lies to a lot of people. Let me tell you oh, yeah. right I mean, now. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the film lies to a lot of people out there, baby. Okay, but it doesn't lie to you. Which is why we love you. All right, got to spend a lot about- of time on it. Got to. It's that's a, that's a relationship you have to nurture. Okay, that's, correct, correct, correct. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 